<laughs> Fuck me. Oh, God, I can't I'm leaving soon. Can you give yourself long uh, damage? Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. If I can't be fucking talked over, and welcome to this episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast where we can't keep it together for even four seconds. My name's David, and today, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we will be discussing my magnus opus, the <laughs> comification of comedy, oh. while we explore, while we explore what will be called Chapter One, The Big Jizz. <laughs> Vivid. <laughs> Hello, my name's Sam, and uh, husband, negative. Children, and a Labrador, negative. Tight little package, affirmative. But enough about Dave. <laughs> and I'm Ross. Do you like movies that A, are homophobic, B, sexist, and C, belittle people in general? If your answer to that was yes, then this is the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, to keep you in no further suspense, um, especially if you listened to an episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, this week we watched There's Something About Mary from 1998, a mm. Farrelly Brothers movie. Uh, mm. As if that weren't warning enough. Danger, danger, danger. I don't, danger. I don't, I don't know what I thought this was. Like, I, I put it on and thought... Uh, in fact, I said to Nicola, me, me and my wife watched it, I was like, oh, have you not seen this? I thought this would be a type of film. You know, she kind of likes romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it's just like a romantic comedy. Bit of a strange choice from Dave, but I like doing different films. And then we started watching it, and I was like, okay, yep, this is this is one of the... Oh, no, Ben Stiller's in it. Oh, God, oh, God. And from there, <laughs> it, I mean, it simply just got well, worse and worse. I mean, this was... Do you know what the confusion was, about this movie is, though? Trash. The, this, the confusion about this movie is that there is another Ben Stiller movie with a similar title. It's called Along Came Polly. And in that, <laughs> right. movie, in that movie, he falls in love with Jennifer Aniston. So a much later movie, trying to capitalise on the success of this. But that is a much more standard rom-com. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. The yes. plot synopsis is essentially the same. It's that the Ben Stiller character is obsessed with this unattainable woman, which is kind of like the whole thing. But that movie is a, you know, not great, but like fairly run of the mill rom com. Whereas this movie is a fucking trash fire. And so I think maybe, Sam, you confused the two in your head. And I also had, I was like, so is Jennifer Aniston in this? I really can't remember. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it really, it really was like a. It, it was one of those films that I'm watching it going, you know, there's a real balance, uh, almost like a swingometer between. Hmm, curious, and uh, I'm gonna hate myself even. I'm gonna hate this film even more the more I watch it. And you know, for the first twenty, like the first little prequel bit, the prologue before we went into modern time, and it was in the eighties. And I was like, well, kind of okay, it's a bit zany, but I'm getting. And then as soon as we got past that, it was like, wow, total trash. And then what's his face from you know the guy who always plays horrible people. Uh, Matt Dillon comes along, and I'm like, mm-hmm, there it is. There is the bow Tick. on the fucking cake of this movie. <laughs> and from there, from there on, I was looking at my phone most of the time. I gotta say, I, I gotta say, I was looking at trivia and preparing it's my funny, hateful remarks. Um, Ross, tell us, tell, tell us your thoughts on this movie. I mean, th- there's so many things that, that that needs to be stated. I mean, Sam, I was similar to you. I mean, I missed this, and it, it's one of those ones where. You're aware of the movie purely because of you know it's 
so culturally significant. And I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to this. Ben Stiller, I know you're not a fan, Sam, it seems, but I was like, oh, it's going to be at least halfway decent. Ben Stiller, you know, late 90s, you know, it'll be watchable. And then uh, I was actually the last of us to to, to watch this movie because I've never seen it before. And I, and I remember like reading the message from you guys. Oh God, there's still you know there's still half an hour left. There's 44 minutes left. He hasn't even met her yet. And I was like, oh, can't be that bad. Oh and my oh my God, my soul left my body, slapped me in the face for subjecting it to it. It is horrendous. It's quite singularly bad. But the interesting thing about this movie is that, um, and we will talk about the Farrelly brothers, I think, it, soon. Um, because it's definitely a relevant fact. I remember seeing this movie as a teenager because, like, it's raunchy as fuck, it's silly. Like, it's a lot of, like, when you're a kid, it's like, oh, there's all this naughty stuff that, that people are saying and doing, and that's really fun in yeah. of itself, just because everyone's saying fuck a lot. Like, genuinely, when you're 12, that is enough to make a movie the best movie in the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, so I remember seeing this as a kid and it being like, oh, it's weird, it's funny, and... You know, the jizz joke we will fucking get to. Trust me, I have a lot to say on that. Um, But, like, this movie in 1998 made fucking bank. This made a lot of money. Um, It was also. Can I I tell you exactly how much it made? It made 369.9 million on a 23 million budget. $370 million on 23 million. And so, I mean, this this was an outrageous hit, and people loved it. And it really fucking sums up where we were as a culture in 1998. This film has 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes! Roger Ebert, who we mentioned periodically, gave it four out of five stars. Like, we we use the term cultural wasteland a lot to refer to, (laughs) well, variously the 90s, now, any time between then and now, also the 80s, sometimes the late 60s. Like, we use it quite a lot, but like, do you know why I think this film made the money that it made? Um, this all is tied into my magnus opus, which is the commification of comedy, which this film started. Could you explain that? Could you explain what that... Because it, but so perhaps this the is a phrase that I said... I can't even remember how... <laughs> More how than a year ago. Or whether it was yeah. before the podcast, but I bring it up on episodes quite a lot. Um, because there's a real dividing line, and I never really sort of delved into when um, the, the dividing line of this was. Like where <clears throat> the most popular for a few years between this film and maybe two thousand and five, like usually the the top comedy of the year would be like quite a raunchy sort of like sex comedy. Now, yeah. obviously in the eighties we had sex comedies like you know Caddyshack and things and like you know we had sex comedies before, but there was a point in time in the nineties where not only could you show literal sperm, literal jizz. <laughs> on a film and it not be immediately pornography right literally like obviously not literally but you know like that that literally is what we're being told can can you you bear down to that a little bit more dave just in case people aren't clear (laughs) on what you're saying no because because honestly i think if you sat down someone in the 80s down a movie executive in the 80s down and said right i want to make this movie um this guy's having a wank right so and the, the executive's already like, uh, I'm sorry. I'm like, right, he's having a wank. He's really fucking rubbing one out, right? Stood in front of the sink. He jizzes. I drew him a diagram to explain how this jizz ends up hanging off his ear. Um, and then... The executive's there with his money bags. Guys, say no more. I'm in. Yeah, and I'm thinking in the mid-80s, this guy's having me arrested. Like, this being like, I am being escorted 
from this nope. building. Mr. Newell, how did you get in here again? Like, you can't <laughs> be here. Whereas in 1998, the Farrelly brothers did this, and it's like, it's okay, it's not only okay, it's funny. And yeah. American Pie well, yeah. is a later film that does it as well. It's well, not really, only okay. I was just going to say we're a year away from American hilarious. Pie. hilarious. Well, let's, yeah. let's go back to pre- last week's episode, which is Airplane. No, no, not Airplane. Similar film, <laughs> Naked Gun. Uh, <laughs> Naked Gun and Airplane, really. But it, like... So that film has sex jokes in it. There are. It's, we're not to say that it's there bit, isn't. It's a bit raunchy. But but I mean the biggest the biggest the most obvious one is when they're when they're the you know Leslie Nielsen and and what what's the face are coming together. And they, yeah. Oh, I, don't worry. I practice safe sex. Me too. And then they're literally both in <laughs> hum, massive human sized condoms, and then they fall on the bed. And that's the joke. Like, so that's the extent. And 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 like, even National Lampoon and Caddyshack, and you know, like, there are uh, <coughs> there is sex in these films, but we're nowhere near. We're, we're nowhere near like Tom hanging off someone's ear. You know, that's that. That's where it's, it's so bad. It's we we so seem to have crossed some egregious. kind of rubicon. Which, but it which, seems like a really hard line, Sam. Of, I'm not talking about there's mm. always movies and not porn, but there's always movies <laughs> of this level, like straight to DVD. Like the American Pie sequels are a good example of that. Straight to DVD sex comedies <laughs> always exist and there will always be a market for it. It's teenage boys who've got fucking porn blockers on the internet. But like this is this is a blockbuster movie. This is the number one movie of the year it came out. Like it made the most money, I think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, um, but like, and it's about jizz. That's the prevailing joke in this. This is what you remember. This is the joke you remember in this movie. Is this enormous amount of jizz hanging somehow hanging off Ben Stiller's ear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Like, and and I think you know. I think you. I think you do need to drill down and perhaps give us a timeline of where where this occurs. I think it is. Must it must be in the early. In the early I'm about, 90s. I'm about four days from um, signing the warrant to uh, summon the Farrelly brothers to appear uh, before my own kind of Nuremberg Explain trials about, about this. But, yeah. but it's, like it's to... quite a milestone, isn't it? Like, as Dave so eloquently put, jizz literally on the ear. Because like like Dave mentioned... <laughs> no, no, no Ameri- the film did that. I just repeated yeah. it. <laughs> sure, Dave. I mean, a year later, American Pie came out and the guy's fucking a pie. What I'm struggling with, or what I can't think of is... You know, where's the middle ground that leads up to this? Where's the, you know, someone, they allude to someone masturbating and then, oh, well, obviously the next step is now to show Ben Stiller masturbating and jizzing on the ear. Where, Where's the milestones? Like, ah, how do we top this? How do we go from, oh, you know, human-sized condoms, isn't that a bit funny too? There's a dude it's, fucking wanking off to lingerie ads in a newspaper. It's a step-by-step It's a step by step thing, I think. We mentioned Naked Gun earlier, and I obviously haven't done tons and tons of research on the, the, the evolution here, Ross. I don't have a chart for you with you know various... <laughs> well, this is your thesis, Dave. What kind of hack <laughs> job is this? But but um, I haven't quite finished my uh, PhD programme, however it is coming. Um, but like, oh, what it is, is, in the Naked Gun, you've got, like, um, you know, it. They, they're acknowledging condoms exist. And, like, you know, that that's going to offend some people. But, like, it's okay. It's fine. Like, the Catholics didn't come out and say you can't watch this film because it's got condoms in it, even when they are giant human-sized condoms. 
but like it's more <laughs> allusions to sex and obviously loads of movies used to have like lots of actual sex in them but like you know it's allusions to it and mm. then that becomes there's a it's on the tip of my head there's a movie from the early 90s where somebody finds a mother or somebody finds a condom and thinks it's a balloon and we're treated to them like trying to make balloon animals out of a condom i can see yes. ross knows what i'm talking about but i can't think what it is but I'm like, trying to think that's of then a stepping stone to like, oh, well, condoms are a thing. Could I offer, and then you can I... have jokes off screen about someone jizzing. Like, what's on these sheets? We don't yeah. see the sheets, but it's like... Could I could I offer one possible theory? And then let's talk about this. There's something about <laughs> the movie. But but I, what, I'm, 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 I'm we're think... nearly done with the jizz portion, Sam. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just put forward Jim Carrey as being like. <laughs> Maybe the harbinger of this type of thing. Because think about Jim Carrey movies and think about I mean, he's in Dumb and Dumber, which is a Farrelly Brothers movie, and that is a that's a pretty like I it's more gross out, isn't it, I think, rather than necessarily Slob humor, yeah. Yeah, rather than necessarily really kind of like disgusting you know, it, it's, it's not it's very more sexual ma- nature of the jokes. No, yeah, it's more about making you feel kind of a bit, you know, like you're gonna throw up um, into a doggy bag. Um, but there's something around like the early '90s, you know, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. You've got uh, the me, the, myself, and Irene. Another that, film by the that's Fowler after though, wasn't it? That's two thousand. Oh, that's that two thousand. I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, but the but, but still, it's it it is all part of the same trajectory. I think I think it's that type of it's that type of character. It's that type of um, comedy that that maybe is leaking through the Saturday night Saturday night live circuits. All <laughs> shut up, Dave. Jesus Christ. Great choice of words there. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's you know it's it's just bursting almost as it were. Uh, so there's there's just there's all of the there's all of this stuff and I think that um I think maybe Jim Carrey kind of like it, uh, it it puts a pin on it for me you know Ace Ventura is one of those it's, films as well which is again it's not sexual but it's kind of like disgusting I think the disgusting mm. falls into the come hanging off the ear which we need to keep talking about but it, it's like and, a floodgate uh, and it's like a <laughs> once I was literally yeah. again I'm not trying to make allusions here but it's like once this movie came out and made all the money in the world, like relatively for a 20, 20 million budget, like once this movie came out and made all the money in the world, suddenly everything in this movie is okay. So yeah. you have like quite a lot of movies. I mean, Ross mentioned sort of off the top, like that are offensive, that are. I can't think of a moment this movie is directly racist, but do correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like it's quite ableist. There's quite a lot of like mm. jokes at the expense of people with disabilities oh, in this movie, my goodness. which yeah. we'll get into, I'm sure. But like this movie's financial success made that okay for other filmmakers to make those jokes. And yeah. like we, so in the two early aughts, we get loads of movies like all of those um, spoof movies, the like epic, um, epic, epic movie, movie. yeah. Which like, and they're they're at least like. The joke is that all of these things they're doing and yeah. saying are offensive as fuck. Whereas, like, I'm not sure there's something about Mary realizes how offensive it's being. I'm sure on paper it thinks it's being like it's being funny in a harmless way, and I really don't mm. think it is. And I think you hit the nail on the head, David. Really does open the floodgates because 
you have you have this. Then you know we mentioned American Pie, and then one thing just sprang to mind. Then you have Van Wilder, which came out in two thousand and two. I don't know if you guys had the, the displeasure of seeing that, but there's a That's scene a where oh Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds wanks what off. Have they the, done to you? <laughs> he wanks off a pit bull or a, a Rottweiler or one of the two breeds, and he puts it into Eclairs. Ross. Um, Ross. Then you have you have Scary Movie Ross. Two. Ross. Sorry, go on. No, better. Freddy got fingered. Oh. Wanking off the that. horse. Oh, wanking yeah. off the horse. Oh my god. Oh, I don't oh ever watch god. it, Ross. It's one of the worst movies ever made. But I mean, that was okay. You know what that it is? That was acceptable. That was a thing that was going to make people come and, and see you, your movie. And you have one second, and then you also have scary movie, the one and two. The first one where you know it's two virgins having sex for the first time, and basically the virgin he comes with such velocity, she's blown to the ceiling, like literal, literally plastered to the ceiling with that much <laughs> fluid. Hey, we're laughing. <laughs> exactly. This is the problem. We're, we're, you know what it is, and let's, let, I'll, I'll make this point, and then we'll, we'll, I'll go into a plot summary. But I think it's also, I think it's also about how comedy is about pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable and what's funny and taboo. So, you know, like loads of loads of offensive jokes, I think, are appearing around this time because we're kind of becoming a little, maybe as a society, becoming more not necessarily aware that these are bad things, but aware that there is other stuff going on out there. So, oh my God, gay people exist. Whoa, and we're having a massive moral panic about that. And so we're going to get loads of jokes. I mean, Friends has been a great example of the most mainstream <laughs> TV show. And they just got fucking terrified. They're constantly talking about how, you know, there's no, oh, oh sorry, I touched your butt. Oh my God, now we're gay, blah. Like there's just <laughs> constant, constant. I think it's a, I think it's a reflection of the time. Whereas the eighties is quite happy being like just not even acknowledging the fact that any of these things exist. Whereas we need to acknowledge them somehow, and that's what comedy's for, you know. So. Yeah, there is. Uh, just before we do the plot summary, Sam, there is also a bit of like a um, an industry thing going on in the late nineties, early aughts, which we're well past now. Where uh, the death grip of studios, which we saw in like you know like the golden age of Hollywood and like the silver age in the fifties and the forties and fifties and sixties, where like three studios made all the movies. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that sound familiar to? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, in the late 90s, there was a real, like, a, a growing number of cin- cinemas, a a lowering cost in equipment and um, filming costs, and, like, so it meant things like American Pie and this could be made on a reasonably slim budget and then released to, all, you know, the majority of break through and break through, and break through to through. be hit. So we had quite a yeah. lot of like what we would now refer to as indie movies. They weren't made by Paramount or by Sony or by Disney. Like they were made by much smaller production companies and then somehow managed to like get a wide release and be these huge kind of like juggernauts, um, you know, <clears throat> that we isn't possible in the industry as it exists now, just like it wasn't possible in the industry that existed in the 50s and the 60s. And I think that it's worth mentioning that as well because I think it's a contributing factor to why films that play with the taboo and push the boundaries and kind of like do things that maybe would have been poo-pooed by studios before this were able to be made. Yeah, yeah. So well, let's pop. talk. A, let's talk about. There's something about Mary. A man gets a chance to meet up with his dream girl from high school, even though his date with her back then was a complete disaster. This was actually the fourth highest-grossing <coughs> film of the year. Um, behind, I think we've got Seven Private Ryan, Shakespeare in Love, American History X, Truman Show. 
good year for films. God, Rush Hour, Rushmore, Big Lebowski. And wow. Some got Mary. Uh, <laughs> 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 which is to top off. But, but like... It's kind of like a funny, like a, the, the start. Of, as I said, the start of this film is like quite compelling. There's something nice about the flashback. It works well as a setup. We're kind of like I thought. Okay, so this is this is the tone we're going for. You know that he's got his bit caught in the zipper, and 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 this was. I know, really I thought, forgot. <laughs> I really forgot they showed you that. I'm they really show you that that, that actually did that. make me chuckle. That that did get <laughs> oh, me. I'll laughing. be honest. I'm laughing because yeah. I, I'm obviously like. Not as urbane as and clever as I think I am, because I'm like, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. yeah we despi- got a bleeder. D- despi- on the floor laughing. You know what it does? It reminds me of. It reminds me of. It's kind of very sketchy, isn't it? It's very sketch comedy. You know, the whole thing with the fireman turning up and then the police up. You know, like all of it. Kind of. It kind of. It's. I think it is funny. I think the start of this film is quite funny, because. You're kind of building the foundation of what's going on. Everything's <coughs> dialed up. You know, he's got braces on, the hair. You know, everyone looks stupid, and it's a little bit over the top, and exact, and that works for me. And I kind of like. I just thought that maybe as we flash forward, and again, I wasn't really sure when this film came out. I thought maybe early two thousands, and then it was like, oh no, it's nineteen ninety eight, and that I think has a big impact. Whereas. In 2004, as you've said, Dave, with Along Came, Along Came Polly, you kind of like Ben Stiller is trying to be a bit more sellable, you know, rather than like his scrotum being on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is like, this is before Stiller's breakthrough, really. Like, it is. He was quite an unknown. If you read the, uh, the IMDB trivia, which you shouldn't because it's honestly like, this is really fucking dreadful. Um, it's telling you how that... Uh, the way they cast Ben Stiller was because he was an unknown, was by trying to cast um, oh, um, Owen Wilson, who was even more unknown, and the studio were like, well, I suppose at least Ben Stiller's done some films. <laughs> but, like, this is before Jesus. Zoolander and, you know, before, like, Stiller's big Meet the Parents and before all of that, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Carrey as well, considered, and John Stewart, who I'm sure was very happy to dodge that bullet so he could... Well, Jim you know, Carrey worked with the Farrelly Brothers a couple of times. Uh, he'd worked with Cameron Diaz before on The Mask, so there's chemistry there. I, like, I, I could see, see Jim Carrey in this movie, to be honest. I could yeah. definitely see him and bring more to it, yeah, to but be fair. He, I can't help but think he would be, be play Matt Dillon's character better than he'd play Ben Stiller's character, if that makes sense. Like, he'd play the P.I. better than he'd play... Yeah. Do you know, do you know, do, do, anyway, that's 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 here, neither here nor there. Jim Carrey did not appear in this in this movie, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about Jim Carrey. The um, Cameron Diaz though, like she she's again pretty early on. How old was she in this when when this came out? Because early twenties, I think 20, 20, 22 or twenty three. Yeah, I think it's I think it's made made more apparent by the fact you know when she's um, uh, uh, when she's at the start. She's obviously dressed up to look like a sixteen or seventeen year old or whatever going to prom. Yeah. And I was like, My God, when was this film made? Because she looks so fucking young. And then well, obviously is, they flash forward and she looks like Cameron Diaz. After but... the mask. Where she admittedly was like eighteen years old. Um but like uh that's interesting as well because um obviously and films do this all the time where um Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz are supposed to have been like high school in high school at the same time yeah and Ben Stiller is seven or eight years old than Cameron yeah. Diaz yeah 
because but, but, we've got to give all those loser guys out there hope that they're going to bag a pretty young woman. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. And and so like when you the you know the the basic idea of the film of you know, but we kind of never really progress from testicles stuck in zippers. <laughs> that seems that, that seems to be where the film wants it's, to live. And it doesn't confused, really want to go any more than that. It's a confused plot, and let's maybe talk about the different plot like lines, um, and then we can talk because there's a lot of individual like jokes which I do want to cover. Um, but like, you've got the Ben Stiller plot, which doesn't do anything for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> basically, it's ba- this film is essentially like so Ben Stiller gets uh, Matt Dillon as a PI to. Uh, stalk this girl for him um, and we get again some funny jokes like you know if this woman ends up dead in a ditch I will roll over on you like again some funny lines here I'm laughing but he gets Matt Dillon to stalk this woman Matt Dillon falls in love with this woman and then basically we're in LA watching Matt Dillon stalk this woman for about 40 minutes mm-hmm. um, yep like and it's like from a film writing point of view it's like show me the money you know the, if this film is about Ben Stiller like trying to pursue this woman like have Ben Stiller try to pursue this woman like I'm quite bored by all of the other stuff that's going on see I actually wanted to touch on the, on the Matt Dillon character arc thing for a second and I, and I get this is a comedy movie and it's a bit you know pedantic cast as some would say but I'm trying to imagine in what world, like this, you know, this makes sense because this guy, he's a PI, gumshoe, whatever, private investigator, and he's up roots to go to Florida to try and woo this woman. And you see that he's telling, spinning all these lies to try and impress her and, you know, go with her and all. But, you know, you understand that it's not that he's just trying to sleep with her, he wants to spend his life with her. And you're like, in what world is this going to happen? And I get it's a comedy, but in what world is this going to happen where everything you've done is predicated on lies? I mean, you know, if you, if you come clean about something, surely, but, like, like what? how are you even going to live? You know, because, like, <laughs> presumably, yeah, sure, you've got transferable skills, but you need licenses. You don't have a place to live, presumably. Th- th- that, again, weird thing to get bogged down in, but I was like, this wasn't thought it's, through. Well, it it's goes... the magic bean of this movie is that Cameron Diaz is magical, essentially. And that's, like, that is the magic bean, is that every guy who meets this woman is obsessed with her. And yes, I get what you mean, Ross, and it is a bit pedantic cast, And but like that's kind of the one thing the movie asks you to accept, is that Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz is magical and everyone falls in love with her, and also that she doesn't know it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, that somebody could, like Cameron Diaz's character, like Mary in this movie, could exist and not be aware of the fact of the control that she has all of the I can buy that her. I can buy there are people so charming so you know the personality is so magnetic you're drawn to them do you know what I mean I've been on that end you know the opposite end of course people are drawn to me <laughs> I get it I, I thought is Ross going to go for a brag going. here and no no he didn't he no. knew he knew where he was yeah Sam I couldn't possibly brag come on um, <laughs> but you know and if you're going to have this person <laughs> come on guys if you're going to have this person as you know this <coughs> pinnacle of humanity you know show us some of that you know not just this this, this you know absent minded person wandering through life this is what annoyed me most of all about it there's something about Mary is there <laughs> that is that is the biggest thing because we we get um, we get Ben Stiller who has been in love with this woman I mean this girl I mean never mind you know like uh, 
well, you were in love with your high school sweetheart. If you haven't yeah. seen her for thirteen years, she's she, you know nothing about each other. You fucking idiots. Anyway, beside that, but Ben Stiller is in love with her. Matt Dillon looks at her for like eight seconds and is in love with her. Yeah, and all through the movie, there's like all of the. I give a fucking shit about Mary. What the fuck? What's the big deal? There doesn't seem to be anything about her that is particular. <laughs> that is particularly I, interesting. Can but, I? But, uh, can she, I she's not a bad a, person. She, with no, a point. But yep, show us. That, but show us. Show us what is so magnetic about it's this woman. Poorly Thank you. Now, a really good thing the Farrelly brothers did, and that might be the last time I say those words ever, um, was. <laughs> By, they didn't write any of that, sure, but they did cast Cameron Diaz, who in 1998 was quite magnetic and charming. Yeah. Ross, I see you shaking your head. Again, I'm in the minority here. I know, but million so dollars. what? So what? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like. Honestly, I don't get the big draw of Cameron Diaz either. That's the thing. I think that's. I think that's the worst thing for me because you know, your average male, yes, oh Cameron Diaz, oh yes, she's gorgeous, she's lovely. Yes, of course, there's something about her. I don't see it. I'm like. What what is there about Mary? Well, fuck just all. to just to make myself myself sound like less of a lech, uh, what I meant was <laughs> that like Cameron Diaz, Diaz Cameron Diaz is quite a charismatic individual. Like obviously she's a gorgeous woman, and that goes without saying. But I mean that as an actor, she she like, can bring a lot to good, a role. Good, mag- yeah. she's quite magnetic and charismatic in scenes. Ross, you're shaking your head at me. What scenes? Like, <laughs> what what are you watching that I'm not? Seventy million dollars. Yeah, like but, it's but the fine point, to not be into Cameron Diaz, but the like, point is though the the point is is that the movie, regardless of the individual, <laughs> the movie needs to give us more. The movie needs to give us more because, like Matt Dillon's whole thing is like completely unearned. Now I think a lot of that is to I don't really I don't, I'm not sure if I like Matt Dillon as an actor. I don't really get his and he's very well considered and he's won awards and all this. He, he he comes across in this anyway as very insincere, and I don't, and I mean that obviously he's playing a bad guy and stuff. But even him being a bad guy, I don't really, I don't really kind of believe. I don't really. It, he's it, at sixty percent, isn't he? Yeah, it's very yeah. surface level. You know, mm-hmm. he's not necessarily he's fine. He, well, he? But yeah. he, he's not necessarily like properly evil. He's not trying to, you know, he's not trying to to like ruin anyone's life. He's just kind of a bit of a loser who wants to go out with this with this girl. And 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 yet the film kind of because there is nothing about Mary, because there is nothing <laughs> going on underneath the surface, she has absolutely no agency or ability to recognise that this guy is just a loser and, and is pretending. Yeah. And, and that is I think is the problem is that they don't give her any particular role to, to to be like in charge of a scene or to be doing mm-hmm. anything actively. It's all about these men who are just fucking gravitating around. Get her. the prize. Get the prize. Yeah. Win the girl. Get the prize. You are the man. And that and th- it's that's disappointing, one, isn't it? Really? <laughs> and that's one of the things, hang on, Dave a second. That's <laughs> one of the things that I you know that I dislike about, you know, Matt Dillon's character arc is because like I said, he's he's uprooting to live with this woman to try and make a life with her. If it was he was just so smitten by her, you know, by lust that, that I can get my head around. Yeah, he's just going there, you know, for this short time fling, and then he's going to, you know, get the hell out of Dodge. I could buy that, but he's completely infatuated and in love with her, and that's what really annoys me. Mm-hmm. Or, on, or, just leading from that, Ross, I do kind of agree with you there, 
Or maybe she's a millionaire. Maybe she's got shit tons of money. Maybe he's yep. like, I've done some digging. She's naive and lonely. But then, but then the title would be, also, there's money about Mary. And, but, yeah, or, which would be fine. But then no, what I'm saying is you could still have the Ben Stiller character be like doing his thing. Like yeah. Ted, I think his name is. You can still have him doing his thing and... Lee Evans doing his thing, and um, oh, the guy from Groundhog Day do, doing do we, his thing. Do we still need that? Do, no, do you don't we need, need it. Liam? You could have it, but like, if Matt Dillon's motives weren't pure, would I think that would like make the the whole arc of this movie? It would make Ben Stiller trying to stop him somehow. Like that would be a good. Do you know what I mean? That would be something that would feel earned. If he's like, I know he's this PI. I can't tell Mary he's this PI. And that he's found out she's worth loads of money, and so he wants to marry her so he can steal all of her money, or get to know her so he can steal the diamond or whatever. You know, like some MacGuffin of like why this mm. quite despicable character is doing this. Like yeah. if it was I, for a despicable I, reason, it would be a lot more believable. I think the shortcut that the film could make, and it would be you wouldn't have to change very much, is just make her much more sexual. That is the thing that they also don't do. They're not really like she's not really. <sighs> You know, if, if we look, it's nineteen ninety whatever, and we're <laughs> and, and, and we're and we're going to embrace. Just make her like a sexier, make her like she is in the mask when she's a femme fatale, like thing. Just do yep. some, you know, give you give give us reasons for these characters to act in such irrational ways, and all the way through. Now, Ben Stiller. Oh, oh yeah, Ben Stiller's in this movie. Ben Stiller <laughs> does not talk meet about 60%. Mary. Well, doesn't yeah, hundred percent. Fucking not even not even sixty percent. We he doesn't meet Mary until one hour and fifteen minutes into this fucking two hour movie, and you're like, whoa, what the fuck, film? And that's because the rest of the time is pretty much um, left to laughing at people with disabilities and just generally being obnoxious throughout the film. We, I mean, we get we get uh, we get what's the skits, f- don't we? Cameron, yeah, Cameron Diaz's brother, uh, Warren. Warren, played by W. L. Brown. I mean, this this is like the, the, the this is where this film goes from being a bit poor and a bit like all right, fine. To I oh, fucking don't what think his the actor's portrayal is is necessarily negative in that like okay. What I'm trying, to, I'm trying to phrase my words here, where I don't sound like a arsehole, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't think the actual performance or the things that this the person. I think this is a realistic portrayal of somebody with, a, you know, a type a type of developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. Like I do think they treat it in quite a mean spirited way. Uh, like when yep. he beats up Ben Stiller and things, and like later on when they're kind of like running around and Ben Stiller's like making friends with him and. I do think they quite treat it quite mean spiritedly, but I don't think the performance at its core Poss- is necessarily meant to be offensive. That's a fair well, cop. That's a very possibly, cop. possibly. What, and, one of the things I will say, like about Cameron Diaz, that actually I noticed was the, the sort of the relationship she had with with Warren, and I thought I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as redeeming, but that felt in a way genuine. You know, what I mean that, that that a sibling would sort of. Uh, sort of care for uh, you know mm-hmm. another one with, with like you said with a sort of development challenge. I was but, say, not, not my fucking siblings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but but 
he is a prop in this yes, movie yes. Yes. and 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 i think you know i i don't i'm not really sure either way but i think it's a fair it's a fair point to make that it's not you know there's at least there's at least a grain of truth in some of the betrayal but fucking fucking hell this movie is not interesting in giving him even a shred of like humanity or or or, or point in or the story or character he is a mm-hmm. he is a joke. He is a joke, and we and we are directly laughing at him. You know when he when um, uh, Ben Stiller goes the and touches ball. his ears with the baseball and stuff. Like, I mean, he may as well be a fucking like chimpanzee. That is and that is what the movie is saying. That is yeah, what yeah. the movie is saying. He is a wild animal who. We, oh, you should, well, you shouldn't have touched his ears, and now he's like, you know, and well, and what? I just and I just think, you know what, you know, and I know it's I know it's the nineties, and I know we are all just having a fucking great time, laughing, punching down, uh, every everyone around, but mm-hmm. just fucking know, like I just from that point on, I'm really like I'm really cashed out with this film. I'm yes. really like. All right, here we go. I'm going to sit well, and scroll on my phone. The test of any movie, the test of any <laughs> yeah. movie is: does this plot change at all if you remove this character? Like, at all? No, no. And, 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 and no. again, it's 1998. That, that, that's the problem, really. Is that like, but if you've got a character who's got a disability in your movie, and there's and there's not no good reason to have them there. I'm not advocating that we shouldn't have disabled no, but give people them a, in movies. Give them something to do. Like, give them a point. Exactly. A plot, They've got to have like something to do other than to be the butt of jokes. Yeah. Um, and all is, the way, th- and all the way through, is. and all the way through, he is he's treated like that. And and and, um, and go on. A really funny thing. Um, again, so that we're referring to the um, IMTB trivia. Uh, there's a big trivia item that says um, <laughs> a really subtle. Which I just. Really make me laugh. Um, a really subtle thing in this movie is that when Ben Stiller, um, you know, like touches his ears at the very end, like he he doesn't like because he trusts him. He doesn't, um, you know, react. And it's like, was that really subtle, or was that in fact <laughs> like hitting you over the head with a big hammer and saying, "See, see, <laughs> Ben Stiller's the good guy." Like, yeah. <laughs> in case you didn't yeah, notice, yeah, yeah. he's the main character. Yeah, we, 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 it's fair fair point. You wouldn't notice because he's barely he's barely in it. Like, what was he doing? You know, he just spends half his time moaning to his friend about how he's gonna get. He's like, whoa, what's going on? What is going on? So we also get Lee Evans in this, and oh fuck me! Mm. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, Interestingly, you. Uh, Lee what, Evans. What is, um, <laughs> uh, several reviewers said that this was the worst British accent. This worst fake British accent. <laughs> Uh, they'd ever heard which you know is, is like is kind of like a pet favorite thing of mine is um and it happens both ways but it's like um uh, reviewers saying you know uh, <laughs> when hugh laurie did house yes um, and he does a british accent in one episode like all i love people coming out and saying like oh that was a really shit when somebody is doing yeah. their actual accent and bit yeah. Lee evans is doing a an exaggerated version of his own accent. Because if you but don't like, sound like Hugh Grant, oh, oh, I'm so charmingly befuddled. It's it ain't English, but you yeah, all sound alike yeah. to me. So you know. <laughs> Again, Ross, you, you've covered that. You've offended everyone in England. I, I want to make myself. Clear. You know, Lee, Lee Evans is like one. Of, have you ever seen Mouse Hunt? Um, it's got Nathan. Someone. No. No. <laughs> it's quite. It's quite a funny <laughs> film. It's a kids' movie. It's quite fun. 
and it's a bit quirky. And Lee Evans and and Nathan someone. Fillion? No, he Nathan. Oh shit! What's his name? What's his goddamn name? Well, basically, him and and Lee Evans are running around uh, trying to chase a a thingy. Nathan Lane. Um, ch- Fucking hell! Oh man, where do I find this movie? I got Tell it. You know how to sell, Sam. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Got it. I know, I know yeah, what we're looking at next week, folks. Even that funnier comedian no, somehow it, also appears in films. It's got 44% on Rotten Tomatoes, so that maybe tells you. But anyway, the point is, you've got Lee Evans in it. And I think, like, hmm, there's, there's, a, there's like a, a grain of a germ of something here that's, that's, that is kind of like half funny about him. His stand-up's <laughs> all right. Like, it's not terrible. But there's... But again, again, I think it's the writing of this character. It's completely, it's completely. Never mind the fact that he's in it's on Catholic crutches himself. and he's like, you know, obviously got some <coughs> spinal problem or whatever, you know, as he's pretending to be. Well, this is, I didn't understand. Like, you know, up until you know they said, oh yeah, he, he explains he has a back injury. I was, I, I couldn't understand what what the crutch before. Does he do, like? Does he have polio? What? What? What's, <laughs> yeah. What ailment uh, does this man have? But, Ross. Once again, actually, I have managed to get hold of um, a couple of pages from, from the script that the Farrelly brothers have made some notes in the margins of. And I believe under the Lee Evans character, um, it says, uh, people on crutches are fucking funny. Um, I believe that's the, the actual line. The, this, this, this crutch thing isn't, even when it's revealed that he's faking, like, that's irrelevant. The reason he's on these crutches is so that we can poke fun at disabled people. Yeah, that 100%. is literally it. When he's trying to pick the keys up, that isn't like a, oh, he's not very good on crutches because he's pretending to be disabled. That is a, aren't disabled people disgusting? And like that is <laughs> yeah. that is the message the Farrelly brothers are telling us in this movie. And like it's so, so offensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's also, like, it's not that funny either. They, they drag it out. They drag it out far too long and you're like right well, see 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 guys this is where you cut right there and just there again and again okay you're still in the same shot so why there yep cut 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 like all the way and they never they just never do that because they don't understand restraint again let's not forget this film's two hours long and has all these characters now my so biggest long. my biggest complaint about the lee evans character beside the general offensiveness is that what the fuck are you doing here? What purpose do you serve that Matt Dillon doesn't serve? Because you basically want to have once it's hold on, revealed. You basically want to have Matt Dillon, the bad guy, Ben Stella, the good guy. Yep. And the problem is, is that for whatever reason, I, what, what was Ben Stiller busy? He's not in the film enough. <laughs> and I think they kind of need they need to have an antagonist to the antagonist. And so you have Matt Dillon, antagonist number one, you have Lee Evans, antagonist to the antagonist, and you've got Ben Stiller fucking around until the last 20 minutes, and then he comes in and it's, saves the day. It's very bloated, and it's, isn't it? It's like, and again, like... What are you doing here? As soon as it's revealed that Lee Evans is, like, a shyster, he's not He's not out of the movie. He's still in every scene, but he's not doing anything. He's basically there, like... He loses his... Matt Dillon is saying, like, you can't do that, and he's like, Yeah! And he's like, I'm going to get Mary. And he's like, yeah. Like, literally exactly. becomes his role. And it's like, why do we need this character in the movie? Why didn't Matt Dillon take him out into the woods and shoot him? Like, that would have been something, <laughs> you know? Christ. Uh, while we're on the topic of uh, antagonists, um, we'll talk about the last one, I suppose. Chris Elliott, Dom. 
Can I just can I just <laughs> Ben, ben Stiller's um, friend in case you can't remember? Can I, just, I, I literally I literally um, forgot he was in the movie yeah. and ended up being the ultimate antagonist. Fuck me, this film. Man. Can I just lead with I really like Chris Elliott. Yes. I do. He's a really good character actor. I don't think he should be given supporting roles in things. I think he should much more like the cameraman in Groundhog Day. Perfect, perfect. role for Chris Elliott. Perfect yeah. role for Chris Elliott. Snarky, like, taking snipes. Fucking yeah. torturous two hour route they take to tell you that this to get to this character being someone we've established is one line <laughs> two lines sorry in the opening in that Cameron Diaz has a boy an ex boyfriend called Woogie. The very opening, right? Now yeah. Ben Stiller has several friends from school who are some for some reason in this movie. It's not just the one guy. Anyway, that's a separate issue from writing. And you've got Chris Elliott and he drives Ben Stiller to Miami. Uh, he's there in the hotel. He's somehow after Mary. Then it turns out he's a stalker and she has a restraining order and all that. And it's like, but what's he doing? What's he want? What's his end game for any of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one who's telling Ben Stiller to have a wank before his date. Like, why? <laughs> what? I don't understand anything that this character is doing. He's kind of like we that. We pan um, back to him earlier, Sam, and his wife is sucking his dick. Like, why are we? Why is all of this in this movie? I know there's so much padding. The um, it's it's kind. He's kind of like that role that you you see in some movies um, of the best friend of the guy. You know, you 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 often have, and we have some. We have like Sarah Vince Silverman, Vaughan. the wingman, um, the wingman. Yeah, and and it's, kind it's of Vince Vaughn. You have Vince Vaughn. <laughs> well, that's, once once the once the Ben Stiller super friends have been assembled, it is Vince Vaughn or <laughs> whoever else, whatever any other other fucking useless actor riding the coattails of the Stiller train uh, to confuse metaphors. Rob Schneider. <laughs> God damn it! He's back every episode. He, we get to mention. Um. So he's he's kind of like he's kind of like that. But again, at the same time, as you say, they are also quite interested in some, you know, in some writing masterpiece of drawing this guy throughout the film, uh, and then he turns up at the end with these blisters on his face and and, and lip lock twist. <laughs> it's just like it's just a real, it's a real sense of okay, again, again, we want to go there. Like I don't really think we need to, and and. Maybe we should talk about fixing the movie for the last the last section because there is like a there is a decent movie in there. We should. There's a couple of things I want to touch before we do though. Yeah. And number one is that like that whole Chris Elliott plot feels like a like you didn't have enough stuff in your movie. Like apparently the the original cut of this movie is three and a half hours long. Uh, we haven't even stop, mentioned. Stop! 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 Let's just let the gravity of that just settle down because three and a half it's hours already long, two hours long cut down it's two hours longer we're dying we're dying towards the end I'm, I'm i'm every 15 minutes i'm looking at my fucking phone going what time is it three and a half hours long i yep. just had to mute my mic because i coughed up a storm when dave said three and a half hours and i'm not over <laughs> it yet <laughs> i apologize ross um i'll let you get you can christ on my okay. how how okay, do you get ross? so much shite and, the, and then go, this worse, is the best guys. possible outcome. This movie was so popular that there's an extended edition. 
There is oh. an extended edition. There is a fucking Farrelly Brothers cut of this movie. That's longer. Does everyone remember that Jeffrey Tambor is in this movie? <laughs> no, I didn't think Who's so. Who's Tambor? Um, <laughs> he's uh, the, the, the <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor from Arrested Development. I know, I know, but I'm, what I'm oh, joking yeah. is, is you joking about <laughs> you calling him Jeffrey Tambor as opposed to Jeffrey Tambor. Tambor is the. Is we the joke call him Tambor. Is the Simpsons joke? Is yeah. the Gamblor Simpsons joke that we? I don't know how we got there, but we ended up calling Jeffrey Tambor Tambor. Oh, I well. apologise for that because and I you know I, I love it. I love it. I just want to um, fill people. Jeffrey in. Jeffrey Tambor in this movie, Ross. He plays Matt Dillon's mate who picks him up from the airport. <laughs> and that's and he's and I think he does a phone call, a fake phone call as well. Like yeah. that's who he is in this movie, and that's all we get in the extended edition. There's an entire fucking subplot where. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor gets eaten by his snake. And it's like... And again, that kind of goes to show you what the Farrelly brothers think is important and funny. Like, So there's this character who's basically not in this movie. He interacts with exactly one other cast member. And like, you have a whole subplot with just him. And that's... Like... Baffles me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, it it adds to the... I mean, let's let's have a a wee detour into some of the other... You know the, the the other Farrelly Brothers movies and what is well. I wanted to that. ask before we get into that. Like, let's we've done the vinegar. Let's do the non-vinegar cyanide. Like, <laughs> cyanide. <laughs> um, I I laughed a lot in this movie actually. Like, not necessarily because the movie's good. I just want to make that clear. But like, obviously, I'm an animal and a pig and all of that. <laughs> and there were some bits that were funny. Um, I laughed a bit uh, when Ben Stiller's arrested. Not the gay panic scene where there's 40 couples sucking each other off in the woods, but the bit in the... the Michael's and Vinny bit in the police station where he admits to all these crimes. I was laughing then. Um, I'll be honest, what really got me, what really got me is when Ben Stiller... Um, what do you know? Did you notice in the wrestling movie does, Ross, when he's fighting the dog? which is high on uh, a load of speed. Yeah, yeah, go on. Um, when Ben Stiller's fighting the dog and he kind of like gets the dog under his arm and like falls backwards. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, the, the DDT, yeah. He DDTs the dog and I was I was laughing at that. That was yes. funny. This really obvious dog puppet, that was funny. Like there's some bits in this that I was like genuinely laughing at that are funny, like some of the more sketchy bits. <laughs> so I do I just wanted to ask around the room were there any bits in particular that like obviously, it's got to be in between all of the other heinous shit, where like you genuinely got like an actual laugh. And like, it's fine to admit, guys, you're in a safe place. It's okay to admit that you laughed at a movie. I mean, for me, it was the zipper scene, which I think got all of us. Um, <laughs> but for any, and I have to be honest, and you know, a little be a little guilty, but the only other time that I laughed was. Um, <coughs> Sorry, the run him still gets me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ross, you've been coughing the hardest episode. Uh, do, you, do you want to mute yourself and uh, get a drink of water? So I, I'm going to I'm gonna come meet you. So at the start, I laughed a little bit. I really can't think of any other situations where I was laughing, though. Like, I don't think, for me, it's that it really hits the, the kind of the, the, the funny bone. Because... You know, there's not. It's not. A, it's not a movie that's full of jokes. It's not a movie that's full of jokes. 
And that to me is one of the, you know, your your magnum opus is like the, the, I always think of the hangover as being like the the the, the high point of this, the apex <laughs> of where we're at. And that is a film completely lacking in jokes and this feels very much like it it's horrible people doing horrible things and that is necessary that is what's yeah. funny that's, as opposed that's to the, what's designed to be the humor though isn't it and i'm like well there's there's nothing to, there's, there is no joke there's nothing for me to fucking laugh at because you're not actually presenting it other than scrotum stuck in zippers which you know before i kind of knew what the film was going for i was like well yeah you got me a little bit but there's nothing that rings through for me and and to go to go to the Farrelly brothers, you know, let's talk about their Dumb and Dumber. I, I remember. I bet. Thinking I bet that, that holds up even worse than this. Well, I, I I remember watching that as a kid. I remember going to. I have, I have very few memories of being a child. But I remember going to a friend's house, and their parents had rented it for us. Probably. <laughs> Probably entirely inappropriately, considering that I don't know what rating that would be. Uh, I love I, I love stories. I love stories, Sam, about people accidentally renting like uh, you know when you could go and like rent a video. Yeah, My alien. Brother, when he was, so, I'm sorry to derail this, but you've just reminded me. Um, I had, and she's dead now, obviously. I had a great auntie Mavis um, who was 90 uh, when we were kids. Uh, in her 90s when we were kids. Um, she worked at Bletchley Park in the war. She was that old, um, and she was batty as fuck. And my brother James used to go and stay with her, um, and she had gone and rented Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. My yeah, brother mm-hmm. was twelve. Yeah, and well, that- my my ninety six year old great aunt and my twelve year old brother sat and watched Scary Movie. Oh my god! One weekend at her house, and, I was, and it's just reminded me of that like that situation where th- there was a world. In which that could have ha- that could happen. I mean, you yeah. you know you you say that though you know like, oh this obviously wasn't suitable for younger audiences. <coughs> Don't forget, Dumb and Dumber, as well as Ace Ventura, actually got their own animated TV series for kids. Yes. So that suggests there was a crossover, like you know, for these audiences that you know parents were did, letting um, people watch did it. Did Jim Carrey crawl out of a rhino's anus in the in the cartoon? <laughs> or not? No. That's in the opening credits. Uh, <laughs> no, but his character did have a catchphrase, which was "Zoom." <laughs> Good knowledge, trust. Let's. So, um, we've got me, myself, Irene. We've got Shallow Hal, which is a pretty, pretty shit, uh, awful no, <laughs> movie. That is a that's... movie. That is a movie that's ultimately, on the face of it, about a man learning a lesson that, like looks on everything but ultimately is a vehicle to laugh at fat people 100% 100% stuck on you hmm awful the... <laughs> I think Matt... the Farrelly brothers hate disabled people I think the Farrelly brothers are really, really ableist do. Matt Damon and Greg Matt Kinnear Matt Damon uh, I mean good lord this <laughs> is a... Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear I forgot and it was Greg Kinnear <laughs> Matt Damon in like 2003 as well like we you know, and we go down, and and what's funny is that after uh, after you know making all of these absolutely atrocious movies, um, movie forty three, which is like one of the the the, the, the golden raspberry awards, ter- absolutely atrocious Farrelly Brothers movie, two thousand eighteen, they win 
the Academy Award for Best Picture. Um, to be fair, that was only Peter Farrelly, not um, the brothers. But with Green Book, in my mind, Sam, that doesn't you know, really so, let them off the hook for some of the you've just listed like some of the worst movies I could have. And then Peter of. Farrelly wins Academy Award to, to quote Stannis Baratheon. You know, the good doesn't wash out the bad, nor the bad the good. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, he's won an award, but look at all this shit he's left in his wake. Exactly. And that and that is genuinely, genuinely And, and, and that's the thing one. with this film. <coughs> What's the worst movie? What's their worst movie? I, I presume we've seen all seen like some of them. I probably say Shallow Hall. Shallow Hall is the worst. <laughs> you see, this Easy. is interesting. This is interesting. Because I would say me, myself and Irene. Well there we go. I think I think we. You know might be right, doing. but I do remember enjoying that when I was younger. I did watch. Well, uh, Ross, let uh, me pr- let me stress. Sam, clip let me stress. Put it in when, when we I was younger. Myself and Irene. Well, <laughs> no, I think younger. I think this is clearly this is clearly something we need to do with the podcast. Let's have a, a Faraday Brothers month, and then we can all really just hate we really films. do hate ourselves, don't we? We absolutely do. <laughs> But, but watching to, the movies, so you don't have to. To, <laughs> to. to bring it to bring it back to the summer, Mary. Though I think that this is clearly in the trajectory of these types of movies, and it really does represent all of the all of the the bad things that we talked about, all of the kind of just mean spiritedness. And I think that we are only going to get more and more of that as we get as we get into later into the nineties, into the into the two thousands, and it seems like comedy is where this sits this type of movie sits because you know everyone else is making like it's Shawshank Redemption and whatever else this money when they made the Matrix and it made all the money in the world everyone started equilibrium that Joe and I watched a few weeks ago like studios chase that money they watch they see a film and they're very simple they see a film this film made 400 million dollars at box office like right well we'll make that then we'll just make that movie so like they, something about Mary made loads of money. So right, right. I want your jizziest comedy, and I want it on my desk yeah. by nine o'clock. I like, mean, it's... that genuinely is like how the industry can react sometimes. <clears throat> Marvel, obviously, in the last ten years, is a great example of like all of the other studios being like, right, what have we got? Oh, we fo- we fucking own Aquaman. Let's make an Aquaman movie. That can't possibly go wrong. You know, like it's Remember that. when Universal tried to do the same thing. They were reviving the Mummy, and they were going to bring in all these, like you know, Frankenstein all there, and then that flopped. The first one flopped. Yeah, but it's not just the movie industry. Like the video games industry, like you guys know yourselves have been on. Like in the PS3 360 era, you know, COD was the epitome of games. Every game was a fucking first-person shooter in a desert. You know, and uh, and then like <laughs> gray, and, <laughs> gray and brown, gray and brown. <laughs> yeah. Graham, exactly. And then last generation, like, you know, near the end of PS4 and Xbox One, it was all Battle Royale games, PUBG, Fortnite, etc., etc. You know, it's, yeah, like, whatever makes money, now let's do that. How can we cash in on this? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They fucking drain that husk, <coughs> drain it to a husk, and, you know, like, get everything, <coughs> everything they can possibly get out. And you are right, Ross, and it's the same in any industry. But I, I think that films, it's really easy to nail down by the year on what's being yeah. made and why and it's just speaking, baffling isn't it like speaking, this film is 20 years old and yeah. uh, 24 years old rather sorry i apologize um i've got siblings younger than this movie good speaking lord i own a car as old as this movie speaking of when this film was we get at the end a truly bizarre um cameo from brett Favre, and uh you know we're america well me and david at least american football fans and i'm like the fuck 
is that Brett Favre? And he like, I'm like looking at him thinking, is he younger than he is now? Yeah, that, that is Brett Favre. What the fuck is he doing in this movie? And he's he's Mary's <laughs> ex-boyfriend. Um, they couldn't get Steve Young. They wanted Steve Young, but he said no. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> Genuinely. Get Steve Young. Oh my god. So they bring in they bring in NFL quarterback for reasons. And kind of like the, the the end of the movie is Ted, Ben Stiller's character, kind of like reunites them and oh well, here you go. Now you know now you're together, and so gets Brett Favre and and Mary back together. And then eight seconds later, Mary runs out and says, "No, I want you." And then that's it, end of the movie. And you're like, I'm sorry, what another another fucking thread of this film? <laughs> well, that we have to deal here, with. Sam, there's a thing here where they like. You know, we do this with movies quite a lot where you kind of like, you're watching it and you're thinking, I bet everyone in this room thought they were the cleverest fucking person to ever have existed. Yes. And do you know why? Is because a couple of weeks before they filmed the scenes with Brett Favre, uh, he won the Super Bowl. Oh, and, ah. Right. And so he appears in this film, fresh from his winner of the Super Bowl, and in the very last scene... Does he have his rings on? <laughs> Can we check? Does he have his ring I on? don't think so, but in the very last scene... Mary runs out to Ted and says, I told you, I'm a Niners fan. The Niners are the team that Favre beat in the Super Bowl that year. So, like, somebody in the room was like, guys, guys, I've got a great idea. What if we get Brett Favre and then we make a joke about the Niners? Oh, my God. And like, as if that would be the coolest, funniest, most, like, timely thing they could possibly have done. And obviously, 24 years later, you're, like, there's some digging involved to, like, find that information. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I, in some ways, I'm quite, like, hmm, that's kind of, kind of funny. But at the same time, 20 years later, no one's making that fucking connection <laughs> unless you like, are We only know who Brett Favre is because we're nerds and we watch American football. Like. Yeah. But you know, it, but just again, but just how rushed all of this, all of the shit is. Like, oh, how how rushed this ending is. How we bring together. We, we got this scene where they're in the room, and the you've thir- got the, the third Evans. act is you know starts and is resolved in the space of ten minutes. Like yeah. th- that 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 the pacing of this movie alone is fucking horrendous. The all is lost moment that you're in, like with about twenty minutes left. That's including credits. It's <laughs> it's horrible. It really is. It's just a really poorly written film. I think that, like, you've got the... There is a version of the script, this script, where, like, there can be a bit of, like, a... You know, like like you said, Ben Stiller's the good guy and Matt Dillon's the bad guy and Lee Evans isn't in this movie because he's a comedian from a different country. Uh, we haven't even fucking mentioned Sarah Silverman, but I know Ross will have something to say about that oh. in a second. Listen... We don't even need to bring that name up. Please, okay? please stop trying to have a movie career, self, Sarah Silverman. You, you, you're not good. You're, you're not a good actor. Please stop. But that's her and Lee Evans. I think again, as a sidebar, actively detract from this movie. But like, there is a version of this script where Matt Dillon is a bad guy, and uh, Ben Stiller is the good guy, and like, you know, Mary has something about her, and like, you could have a resolution where she chooses Ben Stiller, and like, do you know, you could have something here. But, like, mm. the introduction of Chris Elliott right at the end to crawl on her floor and sniff her shoes and have this horrible facial deformity is, like, again, it it feels like, where has this come from? I'm like, wincing. What are we I'm doing like, here? Oh. Why? Oh, God. Oh, don't look at it. Oh, it's just... 
It's just a trick. You know, you mentioned Roger Ebert at the start of this. And like, well, you know, Roger <coughs> Ebert, maybe not a great person, but I think he had a good sense of what was popular and what was... I think he knew what a good a good saleable movie was. I think that's what he was good at. You know, not necessarily as like a, as a, a critic of what's good, but what could sell. He he said of this, um, he gave it three out of four stars. What a blessed relief laugh, laughter is! It flies in the face of manners, values, political correctness, and decorum. It, is, it exposes for what we are—the only animal with a sense of humor. And I'm like, you know, straight away, like, fuck you. Scum. <laughs> no, no We're Roger. scum. That's what it exposes us yeah. as. We're all scum. Yeah. yeah. We're, that, that is kind of, and, and that's and that's where we're at. That's where we're at in 1998. This is this is what's funny. This is the This the, is the cutting edge. It really is. Whereas and I now, think, it may as well be blackface. <laughs> it may as well. This really does expose us. This film really does expose who we were in the late 90s and probably who we are now because I imagine it's still, you know, relatively popular. But it, it, it just, for me, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've gone around the houses probably, but I'm also just not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not, I'm not invested in it. I'm not invested in the characters. And so what we left with, bunch of jokes about disabled people and kind of just, that's pretty much it. You know, Brett Favre comes at the end for 10 minutes and you're like, what the fuck's going on? I, I had to tell Nicola who he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, oh, he used to be a quarterback. <laughs> and well, yeah, okay. 20 years and, and, ago. Uh, and even telling Nicola who he is, that explains nothing to her. Explains nothing. Yeah. I didn't even know about him winning this fucking Super Bowl. So all that context was lost. <laughs> and and so the rest of the time, you're just kind of like watching these, um, these little vignettes, these little scenelets play out of things happening and these horrible characters reacting and you're kind of like, cool. I mean, are we going to do any plot at all? Nope. Yeah. All right, fine. Back to Matt Dillon being lecherous and here's Lee Evans. Lecherous but not outwardly evil. I think we yeah. should make that clear. Like, just make him evil. <coughs> he murders Lee Evans in the second act. Great, perfect. I am really in for like... Tell, tell oh, he must really he like Mary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he must exactly. really love this girl. He's just yeah. murdered the pizza delivery he's, guy. Ah, oh, he's just misunderstood. <laughs> now I understand his motivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally, a movie that speaks to me. Yes. What about you, Ross? You said you'd not seen this before. What's the question? Sum up. <laughs> I said. I said. Oh, what about fucking you? <laughs> dumpster fire. Yeah, it's just. You know, we we, we banded around like you know. It's just a series of vignettes, you know, tied loose together. And, like, you know, we, we, we've done the comparison before, but, like, you look at The Naked Gun, which was just a series of funny, funny, funny jokes, but the movie is still tied together nicely. And this is just, like you said, Dave, the marketing was on, it's a woman who puts jizz in her hair, get this, thinking it's hair cream. Eh? Eh? <laughs> Fucking, you know, Farley Brothers, you've done Fuck it you, again. You'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck you, you'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, not good, um, this movie. Yeah, and I kind of agree, this movie, like, it's always fun to do 90s movies, and this is kind of like a weird one as well, of like, kind of probably the age, like, obviously, Ross, you hadn't seen it before, but probably the age Sam and I watched this was kind of like, you kind of probably, if your parents really knew what you were watching, you wouldn't be allowed to watch it. So maybe that's where the enjoyment was derived from. It's kind of like, you know... um a bit sort of like aimed at an older older audience. Um, I didn't think it would be quite as bad as it was. Uh, the jizz thing in the hair, 
like that I remember being somewhat funny when I was a teenager actually made me gag watching it this time. <coughs> um, honestly, was just It was horrendous. the viscosity that got me. It's like when you see it's that, not right? Just is it? It's just not, it's not, <laughs> their jizz guy is no good. Their jizz guy is no good. I was um, like, whoa! It's the viscosity that got me. That's it. <laughs> Ross is there busy, the like, busy with a whiteboard, like drawing like angles of the penis. Like, how did would it get on his ear? I don't, I don't I've understand. Got, like, the, I've got like the, the atomic this? sort of equations. On it. No, it's not right. They didn't think this <laughs> through. It's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> Doesn't add up. Um, but for me, I think the biggest problem with this movie, and obviously, like, it's rife with problems. Obviously, the ableist attitude of it. I think is 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 really, really heinous. I think it's the one the the one the worst thing from watching it now. Um, I think Cameron Diaz has a fuck all agency in this movie, as we've said. Like she's a thing to be attained, which is a problem with a lot of movies from this time, especially movies aimed at like you know teenagers to sort of the eighteen maybe the sort of like fourteen to twenty four age range for men. Like that's a real problem. Um, but also just from a, like a. Um, you know, uh, bricks and mortar kind of point of view. It's just a really poorly constructed movie. Every time they establish like an interesting plot point, uh, you know, like with the uh, reveal that <laughs> Lee Evans is lying as well, like they just kind of drop it. Every time the movie goes down a road where it might be sort of like an interesting exploration of something, or we might get a plot or a bit of a mystery or something for some of the characters to do, the movie kind of drops it in favour of like an easy kind of like low hanging joke um like i said the lee evans thing especially is like you spent all this time establishing the character seemingly just to make fun of people on crutches to then have him do nothing and then you know whereas you could have like a culmination of this movie which at least mechanically on a script kind of makes sense like you're making a movie make a fucking movie there should be a story here and there just isn't for me yeah, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Well, I think we've fucking kicked the ass out of this for long enough. Um, I, suge- I suggest. I think this film kicked the ass out of this film. Yes, it did. I suggest we um, wrap it up for this evening and then maybe come back next week where we could go through the back catalogue of the Farrelly brothers, starting with Dumb and Dumber, ending with the uh, Green Book, just to really lay the contrast between. <laughs> Fucking trash, absolute trash, and Dumb and Dumber. I don't know, I haven't seen Green Book, I don't know. Uh, one of them won the Academy Award. Find out next week <laughs> which one it was.